Welcome back to Breakdown, SEC versus the Big Ten, where we evaluate the continuing efforts of the Big Ten and the SEC as they struggle to climb to the top of the ladder and become and or remain the alpha dog conference of the collegiate world. I'm Joe McClure, and with me is my son. JJ McClure. Okay. Today is uh, March 24th, and we are going to get started with a breakdown of the SEC and the Big Ten. I'm going to go through a few questions that I'm going to ask JJ. First question, JJ, uh, true or false? The Big Ten was the best conference in college basketball during the regular season. True. True. Okay, we're going we're gonna to get into this. Uh, next question. So far, two of the biggest upset have been Oral Roberts over Ohio State and Loyola Chicago over Illinois. After rounds one and two, which conference, Big Ten or SEC, should be feeling better? Oh, the SEC should be feeling much better. Much better. Yeah. Why? They have twice as many teams left in the field as the Big Ten. Okay. The Big Ten started with nine teams. Uh, they're through t- uh, two rounds plus a play-in game. Their record is seven and eight. The SEC started with six teams through two rounds. Their record is six and four. The Big Ten has one team remaining. The SEC has two teams. So there's three teams, SEC and Big Ten, going into the Sweet 16 dance. Um, JD, let's talk about the head up match, the head to head matchups that were played: uh, Michigan against LSU and Maryland against Alabama. What's your take on those games? Well, I think the um, <clears throat> Michigan versus LSU game just displayed Michigan's resiliency, um, overcoming one of their best players being out and um, overcoming a large deficit. Um, they start off the game looking much less athletic, much more lethargic than LSU. And they um, they galvanized and they pulled together and they they got the job done. They won by eight. Um, the Alabama-Maryland game, that was just uh, – it was a close game until I think like what, four or five minutes before halftime and then Alabama track raced them from that point on. Um, I think that was just a exemplar, exemplary example of what Alabama can do and why they could beat any team in the tournament left. But, I mean, yeah, John Shackelford was looking amazing, and Petty looked pretty good. And, yeah, I, I, they're just a well-balanced team, and I think that that was uh, Exhibit A. Okay, those were the two best teams through the season in their conference. Michigan was the uh, best team in the Big Ten, and Alabama the best team in the SEC. It's possible, and we'll talk about this later on in the program, but it's possible that those two teams might meet up. But before we get to that, uh, you told me that it was true that the Big Ten was the best conference in college basketball during the regular season. My question is, which is the stronger argument? Number one, the Big Ten was overrated, or number two, the Big Ten was not overrated. Um, well, obviously, I would have to say that the truth 
lie somewhere in the middle. But if I had to just pick between that binary, either they were overrated or they weren't, I would say that they are they were not overrated. Um Okay. Explain to me why the Big Ten was not overrated by the selection committee. Because they had I think they had the best uh conference one through fourteen or you know, every conference doesn't have fourteen teams, but I think their depth was unparalleled. I think um Michigan State had the opportunity to make a final four and they were the last team from the Big Ten selected in the tournament. I don't think any other conference's ninth team could go match the firepower with Michigan State. And Michigan State did, you know, they they lost in overtime. Um, well, a game that they were leading their their first four game against UCLA in the NCAA tournament. But I just think every – I think there were more teams that could beat any team on any given night in the Big Ten than any other, con- any okay. other conference. Okay. Uh, when is the last time the Big Ten has won a national uh, championship? It was 21 years ago since Maryland's 2003 championship happened when they were in the ACC. Okay. So we won't count that when they were in the ACC. So it was 21 years ago. Okay, for the Big Ten. Okay, we're we're reviewing rounds ones and two, round rounds one and two. Uh, talk to me about some teams who whose play in those rounds uh, surprised or impressed you. Or Roberts. I mean, they're the 15th seed. They're the they're the Cinderella, the legitimate Cinderella. Um, okay. The other lowest seed in the tournament, still alive, is I believe Oregon State, and they're a 12 seed. That's a Power Five. That's a power five team, so I really think that um the play of Max Asmus and uh Kevin O'Banner has just been phenomenal. And I think um those two players have really put the entire Or Roberts team, City of Tulsa on its back and taken them to the Sweet Sixteen, second fifteen seed to ever make it this far. After Florida Coast Florida Gulf Coast. Okay. Is there any other team you wanna talk about in the uh First two rounds that uh, impressed you? Oh, yeah. I mean, there have been a lot of impressive teams. I think Alabama, you know, their their display of uh, offensive firepower was impressive, like I, like I mentioned. Michigan's resiliency is impressive. Um, UCLA has um, – they've been great. They, they lost their best player, uh, 6'9 point guard Chris Smith. He tore his ACL a long time ago. And since then um, – it took him a while to adjust and adapt, but I think uh, Johnny Juzang has really like caught a hot streak and has written the UCLA has written written that for a while. Um, he's their leading scorer. He's not a Big Ten or SEC player currently, but he does have SEC ties as he played for the University of Kentucky. I believe it was last year, maybe the year before. I can't remember uh, with uh, COVID fogging my brain and everything. The time has kind of slowed down, but Johnny Juzang has been has been their star. Um, Buddy Beheim for Syracuse has been absolutely on fire. Um, it's That's the type of story that you, you dream dream about. Like the, the, the coach and his, his son, his son being the best player and leading them to the Sweet 16 as, as the underdog. So, I mean, he's been impressive. There's been a lot of impressive storylines. I've been, and I'm sure the whole world has been, extremely impressed by the Pac-12. Four teams. 25% of the Sweet 16 is, is Pac-12. They are 10-1 and one in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, they last won a national 
championship in 1997. But I don't think anyone would have predicted them to be this good. All of their wins, uh, those 10 wins, one was a uh, one where they won by default. Uh, all the other, the other nine wins, at least you. The other nine wins have been by double digits. Yeah. So they have the, the Pac-12 has been rolling through the tournament so far. Um, as we get ready to conclude the review of the first two rounds, uh, are there any particular players you already m mentioned two for? Uh, or Robert. So there are other any other players who specifically impressed you. Well, you, you probably mentioned three counting uh, Alabama's. Yeah. Um, well, speak uh, keeping it on a Pac-12 uh, flavor. Um, I already mentioned Johnny Juzang, but I would say the Mobley brothers for USC, Evan and Isaiah. Um, Evan is a top three NBA lottery pick in next year's draft. Um, probably the second overall pick, but definitely won't fall out of the top three. He's a do it all. Um, you know, Giannis type. He's he's been incredibly impressive, and his brother Isaiah has actually um, impressed me. I he doesn't he's not as regarded as his his younger brother, but he's a sophomore and a captain for USC, and um, that type of leadership is is always something that impresses me when an underclassman rises to a captaincy. But he's been making threes. He's been hitting the pick and pop jumper. He's been hitting open open shots. So I would say uh, Isaiah Mobley along with uh, Evan Mobley from USC. Very good. <clears throat> uh, after giving our love to uh, conferences and players and teams outside the SEC, we're going to get back in the SEC and Big Ten. We're going to get back into the uh, SEC and, and the Big Ten, and we're going to uh, review or preview, rather, the Sweet 16 games. And those games, uh, I'm going to go through – all eight games, and then we'll come back and focus on the SEC and the Big Ten. Uh, in the West, Gonzaga, one seed is going to be playing Creighton, a five seed. In USC, a six seed, will be playing their conference rival or conference uh, co- uh, I'm sorry, their conference team, Oregon, a seven seed. Uh, in the East, Michigan and Florida State. Michigan's a one seed, Florida State's a four seed. And the other East game has UCLA, 11 seed, against Alabama, a two seed. And then the right side of the bracket, in the South region, we have Baylor, a one seed, against Villanova, a five seed. And Arkansas, a three seed, against All Roberts, a 15 seed. And the Midwest has Loyola, Chicago, an eight seed, against Oregon State, a 12 seed. And the other game is Syracuse, an 11 seed against Houston, a two seed. So there, those are the eight games. Let's go through JJ and kind of analyze. Uh, let's start with the Alabama-UCLA game. Alabama is a six-point favorite. Yeah, it, it just actually just raised to six and a half. <laughs> It actually just uh, um, the point spread actually just uh, moved to six and a half points. So I think uh, the the smart money might be headed towards Tuscaloosa's way. Okay, I did not know that. Any more? Uh, can you analyze what what you expect to happen in that game? 
Uh, I expect for UCLA's run to end in that game. I expect um, I expect Alabama to run them off the court. Um, I don't think anyone they, they don't have anyone that can guard uh, Herb Jones, and I just think Shackelford and, and Petty will be making threes, and Jones will be creating, and I I can't I I. UCLA is a deeply flawed team. They made it this far, but Alabama is the two seed for a reason. I've watched more Alabama this year, but I I still think that. Well, I I'm sure we don't expect Alabama to be hitting the trays like they were against Maryland, right? Yeah, they were 16 for 33 against Maryland. Um, almost 50 percent on that volume is incredible. That that's the type of those are the type of numbers that you know should. Have teams like Gonzaga and, and Michigan shivering in there. So you still got Alabama, <clears throat> a prohibited favorite, more than the six and a half points. Oh yeah, I, when Alabama wins, I mean, Alabama can lose anybody. They can win against anybody. I, I know as a Western Kentucky fan, I watched them lose to Western Kentucky, but when they win, they can they can blow anybody any team out by twenty, including Gonzaga. I, I have that type of faith in their offensive potency. Um, so yeah, and now that they're playing defense this year, they're a top ten defensive team as well. I I I really think that Alabama. I don't think they're the best team in the tournament, but I think that they could win this tournament. So I, and I don't think UCLA has that type of ceiling. So I'm gonna go with Alabama. Okay, uh, next team in the Southeastern Conference, Arkansas. They're going against Oral Roberts. Arkansas is up. 11-point favorite. Uh, Oral Roberts is a uh, 15 seed and Arkansas is a 3 seed. As you said earlier, only one time before this year has a 15 seed gotten into the round of Sweet 16, and that was Gulf Coast, Florida Gulf Coast University back in 2013, where as a 15 seed, they beat number two, Georgetown, by 10. Then they beat number seven, San Diego State, by 10. And they lost to Florida by 10. In the, by 12. By 12. Oh. They lost to Florida. Florida was the number three seed. Yeah. So, Oral Roberts is kind of duplicating uh, Florida Gulf Coast in that Oral Roberts defeated a uh, two seed, Ohio State, 75 to 72 in overtime. They defeated the 70 seed Florida 81 to 78. And they, they, they are playing Arkansas a three seed this coming weekend. Uh, one thing about uh, Florida State, I'm sorry, one thing about Oral Roberts is I do not expect them to back down. Uh, given that they've just defeated another SEC team in Florida, uh, and they also defeated a number two seed in Ohio State, uh, they're not going to be backing down. They're feel definitely feeling that they belong in this tournament. They played Arkansas back in December uh, at halftime. They led Arkansas 40 to 30. Uh, that being said, I don't see Oral Roberts hanging around very long against Arkansas. Back in December when Arkansas played them, Arkansas did not have <clears throat> their big man in the middle, uh, Jalen Williams. Uh, even without him, 
they out rebound. They out rebound all robbers. 58 to 32. That's an amazing uh, advantage. Uh, they had 31 defensive rebounds, 23 offensive rebounds. And as I said, that was without their 6'10", our guy in the middle, Jalen Williams. I expect them to out-rebound Oral Roberts again. However, Ohio State also out-rebound Oral Roberts. They out-rebounded them 49-32 to by 17, Ohio State did, and yet they lost. I mean, Ohio State lost by three, Oral Roberts won by three. Florida out-rebound Oral Roberts by 13, 37-24, to and Oral Roberts won by three. Uh, Arkansas did out-rebound them by, as I said earlier, by 26, which is huge, and they and Arkansas won by 11. And Arkansas is 11-point favorite right now. Uh, I can see Arkansas easily winning by more than uh, the 11 spread because Arkansas, the only, the only thing I think that can hurt Arkansas is turnovers. And I'm expecting uh, Arkansas to dominate with their height. You know, Oral Roberts are, is gonna get out rebound. I think that's pretty much is a given. Uh, but Arkansas plays defense and that's what impresses me. In addition to that, uh, Arkansas has instant offense in the SEC Sixth Player of the Year, coming off the bench, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. JD Note. Yeah, JD Note. Uh, so, I expect Arkansas to to do kind of like they did against uh, Colgate. Arkansas was down uh, nineteen to thirty-three against Colgate. They started slowly, but then. They took a, made a run, took the lead before halftime, and then just cruised. I expect them to cruise with uh, <laughs> Oral Roberts. But I will say this. Oral Roberts has two dynamic players. You mentioned them earlier. I'll call them Batman and Robin. A uh, 6'1 guard, Max Am Amos. Asmus is Asmus. Asmus. Yeah, Asmus. Okay, he's averaging 24. 4.5. Yeah, he's basically averaging 25 points. He's a leading scorer in the nation. In the nation. In the tournament, he's been averaging closer to 28 points per game. Yeah. And his, his cohort, uh, Kevin O'Banner, yeah. 6'8". He's, he's, for the season, he averaged 19 points per game. But in the tournament against Ohio State and Florida, he's averaged 29. Put up 30 against Ohio State. And 28 against Florida, so those those are, in a, in in a lot of ways, all Roberts is a two-man team. Arkansas defense is much better now than it was in December. JJ, do you think he, uh, you think all Roberts can cover the 11 points? Oh, I expect them to. I don't think that I don't expect them to win, but I absolutely expect them to. That's the second largest spread in the tournament outside of the Gonzaga. Uh, game Creighton. against Creighton. Yeah. That's 13 and a half points. But yeah, I, I fully expect Oral Roberts to cover that spread. How close do you expect it to be? I, I would have, I would, you know, 
I'd have Arkansas winning by four to six points. I just think that um, I don't think Jalen Williams is going to actually be able to play a lot. I don't think there's a matchup for him. Um, a lot of times they they use Kevin O'Banner as as a five man, and I don't really think that. Um, I think Oral Roberts just they uh, they elect to surrender the rebounding advantage. Like they'll they'll take that on on one end of the court, um, knowing that offensive rebounds, long off long threes. Um, Offensive rebounds are to their advantage. They're more likely to get those than than other rebounds. And I think um, they just like the matchup advantage that, you know, that presents on the other end of the court when they're on offense, when they have uh, a lumbering big coming around. So I, I, I think um, Arkansas did out-rebound uh, or Roberts by, I think, was, was it 26 or something 26. like that? 26. Yeah, and that was Justin Smith playing the center. And I think Arkansas has found itself to be very, very, very viable with Justin Smith at center. Um, he hit, When he goes to the five, Arkansas – I mean, our, like the story of Arkansas as a team when Smith plays and when he doesn't has, has, has been known. Um, I think they're like four and five when he doesn't play, and like mm-hmm. they've only yeah. lost one game when he does. So I think um, Justin Smith is – is the the X factor in that game, and I think um, how he matches up against Kevin O'Banner uh, really will tell the t- tale of the tape. But um, yeah, they're absolutely a, a two man team, and I don't expect Max Asmus. He he had eleven points on eleven shots last time. I don't think that's going to happen again. You know, I don't think Arkansas. Arkansas, the first game, they were four for twenty four in three points. Mm-hmm. They shot sixteen point seven seven percent. From the three-point line, yeah. I can't see that happening again. And at the same time, in that game, uh, Oral Roberts was eight of twenty-nine, so they shot twenty-seven point six percent, and they averaged slightly more than thirty percent from three-point line. I see Arkansas. I'm just say Arkansas doesn't get the respect. A lot of people had them beating Colgate. Arkansas won by eighteen. Arkansas was a dog against Texas Tech. They won. Uh, when 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 the brackets first came out on CBS, I was listening to, I forget, one of the announcers. He picked uh, Colgate to beat Arkansas. I'm just saying Arkansas doesn't get any respect. They are a three-seed, a well-deserved three-seed in my mind. I mean, a lot of people haven't heard of them. They haven't paid much attention to them because Arkansas has not been a factor. They It's been... 1997 since they've gone to a Sweet 16 game, I believe. Maybe 96. It was 96. 96. Okay. So it's been a while. Uh, but that's the take on that. I say they. I say Arkansas covers the uh, 11, and you say they don't. Okay, there's another uh, conference team playing, Michigan and FSU. That's, that's a huge game right there. Give me your breakdown of that game. Yeah, that's the rematch of the Elite Eight game from, when was it, 20, 2016? I believe so. Uh, yeah, um, I love this game for many reasons. I'm a huge Michigan fan, but also Raekwon Gray is my favorite player in the tournament left. Who is he? He is a six foot eight, do-everything power forward from Florida State. Um, his body type is that of a Draymond Green, but he doesn't exactly play like Dray- Draymond Green. But he, he, can, he is a point forward who, who can do it all. Um, I I love his game. He's he's not the draw though for Florida State. He's a six eight junior. Um, the draw the star of the show is going to be a six nine point guard uh, by the name of Scotty Barnes. He's um he's a top five NBA lottery pick in next year's draft. He he doesn't start but he plays starters minutes, 
and uh, he's just a dynamic, athletic specimen um, who can who's very skilled for his size. And and a lot of people know about uh, Raekwon Gray. More people know about Scotty Barnes, but MJ Walker is the the heart and soul of that team. He's the senior leader. He is their leading scorer. I and Florida State always has like four guys that average ten to fourteen points a game. Like they are the most balanced team in college basketball. You're in and you're out. Leonard Hamilton. I don't know how he does it, but he's consistent with with that. Um, but I just I just love I love Leonard Hamilton as a coach. I love the way his watching um, his offense work and just like the how everyone shares the ball and the lack of selfishness. I I I love the way that uh, Florida State's teams have played under Leonard Hamilton over the past few years. Who has the coaching advantage in that game? I mean, I I say it's a push. I don't really know if there is a coaching advantage. Okay. Uh, uh, I, the experience advantage is obviously with Florida State, but um, Phil Martelli is a is a very experienced assistant coach for Jay, or for John Howard, and um, I don't know. I, I would still call it a push. Tell us about Florida's offense. Uh, are they do they score a lot of points? Are they defensive minded? Uh, well, they're defensive minded. They don't always score a lot of points. Um, they have, they all buy in to a. They have a lot of long athletic players. They have a lot of athletes that are, are going to strain Michigan's Michigan's players, especially Mike Smith. Mike Smith is coming off one of the worst games I've seen him play. Uh, it might be the worst game of his Michigan career, and uh, just the length of um, of LSU was really was really pronounced and just he, he had so many unforced errors, so many turnovers that were that weren't takeaways, that was just him underestimating the angle and, you know, thinking he had a window. Mike that was the worst Mike's game Mike Smith has played and I and that's my biggest concern with the matchup between Michigan and Florida State. How will the matchup with Florida State and Michigan in the middle go with Hunter Dick, Dick, Dickinson? Oh, Hunter Dickinson should feast. I mean he hasn't yeah, he should feast. He should feast pretty easily. I think the Big Ten, the one thing the Big Ten was great at this year was big men. From the player of the year in Luca Garza to um, Kofi Coburn to Hunter Dickinson, you know, Trayvon Williams at Purdue, EJ Liddell. Like, the the thing that made the Big Ten great was its big men. And I believe that what makes, what, what results in wins in the tournament is, is guard play. Um, but luckily, Michigan has has a great guard play, so I'm not too concerned about that. Okay, so we've anal- Michigan is a, is, a, is a three point favorite in this game. Yeah, do they cover the three? I don't think so. I think that they win by exactly three. I think it's a push. I think uh, two to three. I think it's going to be the best game of the the weekend, and I really think that um, it's a great matchup. It's it's a stylistic it's a stylistically interesting matchup. Um, because they, they do different things and they execute in different ways. But I think both teams are very capable of making it to a Final Four and going further than that. You know, I uh, the Big Ten has struggled in the tournament. Michigan has, right now, is the last one standing from the Big Ten, a, a conference that started with more than than any other conference in the, in the country. Uh, they lost... They lost some big games. Uh, Wisconsin lost by 13 uh, to Baylor. 
Illinois lost by 13 to Loyola, Chicago. Uh, Iowa lost by 15 to Oregon. Uh, Purdue lost by nine to North Texas. I suspect that Florida State will knock off Michigan and the Big Ten will go home. Uh, they will leave Indianapolis and be without a team for the Elite Eight in the Final Four. That's my prediction. But uh, they play the game because that's where it's decided at, on the floor, not on paper, not on, on a talk show. Uh, who, who do you think has the toughest path to the Elite, elite Eight? Michigan, Alabama, or Arkansas? I think Alabama does because they have to play Michigan. And, I said to the Elite Eight. Oh, to the Elite Eight. Yes, who has the toughest path to the Elite Eight? Oh, well, then Michigan, because they have to play Florida State. Okay. So that thing is more likely right now that we will see at least two SEC teams in the Elite Eight. No, but I do think it – well, yeah, I think – I don't know. I think it's very likely that Arkansas makes it to the Elite Eight, um, given that they're facing a 15 seed. I think the UCLA-Alabama game could – I, 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 I know I gave Alabama its, its flowers and I sang its praises, but I, I think UCLA can – can give them a tough out. Um, I think that should be a pretty good game. But not as um, Alabama won't be tested as much as Michigan will be tested. No, 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 no. I think I think Florida State is better than UCLA or Roberts or, or for sure. Well, I'm I'm talking comparative between the two teams. Uh, Alabama will help will win more comfortably than you predict Michigan. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. I think Florida State is the best team. I think Michigan is the best team of out of Arkansas or Alabama. But I think Florida State. You know, when it comes to their opponents, I'd put Florida State as the second best team. I'd put them above Arkansas or Alabama. So I definitely, I think those are the two best teams. That's why I think it's going to be the best game. Um, and I think that, yeah, that that's going to be the hardest road for, for Michigan to overcome. Okay. Uh, what other Sweet 16 games, uh, what other game would you, would you say that the fans should take special notice of? Well, um, if you haven't gotten a lot of Pac-12 uh, content in your life, I mean, there's always a USC-Oregon game. USC has a, you know, a top three lottery pick, so if you're not super into the NCAA tournament over the NBA, um, you know, that's, that should be intriguing. Um, I think that should—I think Florida State and Michigan is the best game, but I think USC-Oregon has its appeal. Uh, I like Syracuse-Houston um, just because even though Houston's the two-seed, uh, and Syracuse the 11 seed, it's kind of interesting matchup with Syracuse being the ACC powerhouse and, and Houston being uh, from a mid-major conference. And I think as well as Houston rebounds, as, as well as Houston these de- people up, it's just playing against the zone, the 2-3 zone, and playing against Syracuse, the architect of the 2-3 zone, running it at a masterful level is something that it's hard to prepare for. You can't really practice um, for so I think that that should be a definitely interesting game. I am least interested in the Oregon State Loyola Chicago game, um, definitely. But yeah. Well, okay, JJ. As we get ready to uh, preview the Elite Eight, tell me, give me your winners in the Sweet Sixteen games. Give me your winners. Uh, the Gonzaga Creighton. I have Gonzaga winning that game. Uh, USC Oregon. I have Oregon winning that game. They would not be a seven seed if if they were healthy the entire season. They're they're healthy now. Michigan, Florida State. 
Oh, man, that's such a coin flip. Uh, my heart says Michigan, but I really think Florida State could be out for revenge. I In my bracket, I have Florida State moving beyond Michigan. Um, okay, but we're going to leave it there. Okay. The UCLA-Alabama? I have Alabama winning that game. Okay. And going over to the uh, right side of the bracket, Baylor-Villanova. Oh, yeah, Baylor should win that one pretty easily. Arkansas, ORU, uh, Oral Roberts. I think uh, Cinderella's cherry turns into a pumpkin for Oral Roberts. Loyola, Chicago, Oregon State. The most underseated team in the tournament, Loyola Chicago, is now ranked at the seventh best team per Ken Palm. I have them advancing past Oregon State. Yeah. I tell you, they really impressed me. Their big man impressed me against Illinois. Yeah. Uh, Syracuse, Houston, eleven against the two. I have Syracuse, and I don't even think it's going to be a close game. Ooh, I wow! I I watched Houston a lot. You said that about the Houston Rutgers game, and Rutgers really should have won. I mean, they were up what four or six with with a minute left. They 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 gave that game away. Houston out rebounds um, teams in, in their conference. I don't think it's going to be the same. It's just they they don't. I've just watched them struggle against Memphis twice, and. I don't think they match up well with Syracuse. I don't think they they don't shoot well enough to do anything against the zone. I, their rebounding advantage, I don't think, will be there based on the zone and the size of the, their opponent. And their best player is still has like a hit pointer. He he got hurt. He hurt his side uh, last time. So I just I just don't think that that's in Houston's favor. Okay, before we close, give me your final four teams. Of the remaining teams left, three from my original bracket are still there. And I will pick uh, Florida State, Gonzaga, and Baylor like I had. Um, I originally had Illinois accompanying those those three teams, but Loyola Chicago prevented that from occurring. So I will say that... <laughs> I will say that uh, Buddy Beheim and his father um, make it to the Final Four. Okay, so just to repeat, to get rid of some of the noise, you have Gonzaga, uh, Florida State, Baylor, and Syracuse. I do. Okay. Uh, well, we're about ready to wrap up uh, this this segment of uh, Breakdown SEC versus the Big Ten. I just want to uh, say, in my mind, the uh, alpha dog for, for this program the Aphidol Conference would be the SEC. Uh, they have two teams remaining. Big Ten has one. So that's my breakdown for now. We'll see what happened in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. We'll come back, present another program right before the uh, the Final Four. Uh, with that, JJ, anything you want to close with? No, just go blue and we'll pick Suey. All right, that's a wrap. See you next time on Breakdown, SEC versus the Big Ten. Thank you.